morning, and I want to talk about persevering for the gospel. Uh, we've been talking about this concept of persevering and, and uh, just overcoming and, and pressing through. We're living in perilous times, and there are days when we've got to have courage, we've got to rise up, and we've got to continue to go forward. Um, and, and we want you to know this. Our, our church is going to continue to function. We're, we're going to continue to declare God's word. We're going to continue to minister to people. I've been on the phone all week praying with people, talking to people, caring for people. We're going to do everything that we can uh, to, to make sure that, that everybody's safe. I, I don't fear this virus. Now, I don't mean that disrespectfully or that I'm careless with it. Uh, but I, I, the name of Jesus is a powerful name, and, and the work that he has done is powerful. And so we're believing for healing uh, for everybody that has tested positive. We're believing that. We're standing on that. We believe the word of God and what it says, and we believe that the blood of Jesus is more powerful than this virus and we're believing for full recovery. We are praying for all of the, those of you uh, that, that are sick this week and, and just believing God. And I, I want to encourage all of us and just provoke all of us. We, we've got to persevere. We've, we've got to continue to go forward. You know, when we found out about the coronavirus, it was, and I, I, I think it's possible that I could have actually had it back in January. I had all the symptoms of the coronavirus. We really didn't even know what it was. Um, until mid-March, and we started, well, maybe mid-February, we started hearing about it, and then by mid-March, we had to, all of us, really, across the nation, had to make decisions. Are we going to open our churches? Are we going to close the doors? What, what should we do? We didn't know. It was new to us. It was, um, you know, what we were seeing on the news was very concerning about the virus. We didn't know what to think about it, and so, uh, you know, it came to a point where all churches across the United States, pretty much, were closing their doors, and so I remember uh, that week, it was mid-March, we were still in Minnesota at that point, Pastor Kurt Juzak was on a sabbatical, and I was leading Stonebridge Church there in the Minneapolis area, and I gathered our team in, and I said, you know what, we, we may not be able to meet in person this weekend, we don't know how long this is going to be, but we're going to be very proactive, we're going to continue to advance, we're going to persevere through this, and we're going to continue to minister to people, and to, to preach the gospel boldly and that's what we did we put together a nine-step plan and we continued and I, I, I'll tell you I've worked harder over the last six months in ministering to people and and doing new things things that we had never done before and uh, our, our mentality has just been to persevere and to continue and we must do that I want to show you some things in the scripture that I, that I hope would encourage you uh, just to continue to persevere now we want to be wise how, how do we deal with this we, we need to use wisdom uh, we shouldn't be careless with the virus. Uh, we shouldn't do the things we know that, we shouldn't do things when we know that it, there's a likelihood that that would spread sickness, right? And, and a lot of these are common sense things. I mean, we should just be washing our hands. We, you know, we should, when we're sick, we should be caring for the, the elderly and the vulnerable. Uh, just common sense. But now m more of us are aware of it and we need to be practicing these things but we also need to continue. Life has to go on. We have to continue to lead our families. We have to continue uh, to pay bills. And, and, and we have to continue to advance the gospel of Jesus. So I, I want to just turn your attention to the book of Hebrews. And um, as we've been studying in our, in our Bible study, in our midweek Bible study, um, the, the writer of this letter, I think it was Paul. We're not sure about that. <coughs> Excuse me. But we, we tend to think that it was the Apostle Paul. And... Um, and so he, the, the writer of this book of Hebrews, uh, he, he's writing to an audience that is considering, le now these are, these are Jewish believers. They, they've put their faith in Jesus as the Messiah. And they're considering 
forsaking that belief and they're, they're, they're thinking about discontinuing their decision to follow Jesus and going back to Judaism, to the Levitical um, priesthood and, and, and to keeping the law and to offering the, the sacrifices. They're considering going back. And the reason they're considering going back is they're under severe persecution. This is probably the Neronian persecution in AD 64 uh, that, that they're, they're, they're suffering uh, severe persecution. I'm talking about physical assault. Their, their homes have been plundered. And many of these folks have been thrown in jail because of their faith, their determination to follow Jesus Christ. And so under this persecution, many people are considering leaving the faith. There are really three different responses in, in this Hebrew, the, the, this group of Hebrew uh, believers that, that the writer is writing to. There are three different responses to this persecution. Some of these folks have begun to compromise and they're in danger of apostasy, abandoning the faith. Others have shrunk back and have become apostate. They, they call this the lapsy. They, they've gone back to Judaism. And then there are others within this Jewish congregation who have accepted the persecution and the adversity with great joy. And they are persevering. There are three different groups, and it mentions this throughout the book, but these people, their, their faith is in jeopardy. They're in danger of quitting, of turning back, of giving up, of drifting from the, the, the things that they have believed. And so this, this entire letter of Hebrews, some believe that it was actually a sermon uh, because it, it doesn't have all the greetings of a typical letter. Some believe this may be a sermon that was actually delivered to this group, this Hebrew church, and preached as, as, as a message to that, that congregation. Uh, and so the, the whole point of this book is to continue, to, perver to, to persevere, to, to continue with Christ and not go back to Judaism. That's really the, the theme of the book. And so we're going to read an, a passage of scriptures in Hebrews chapter 11. And of course, we, a lot of us are familiar with this passage of scripture. It is known as the hall of faith. It's a lot of the heroes of our Christian faith. And and so it, it starts out, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. And we hear of the faith of Abel and of, of, of Noah and Moses and many of our great patriarchs of our faith, of, of, of Sarah and many, many others. And then we arrive in the 32nd uh, verse of this 11th chapter, as Paul has talked about the great faith and perseverance of the patriarchs, he, he, he begins here and he, he builds on that case and he says, what more shall I say? For the time, and this is verse 32, the time should fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions. Verse 34, listen to this. They quenched the violence of fire. They escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness, they were made strong. They became vigilant, or, or valiant, I'm sorry, in battle and turned to flight the armies of the aliens. He's talking about all of the opposition, all of the hardships that they faced, yet through faith they persevered. In verse 35, it said, women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. 
that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. Have you ever been cut in half? They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tor tormented, of whom, he says, the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. Now he's, he's using these, these men, these great men of faith, these heroes of our faith, as examples in showing these men who are considering abandoning their faith because of the hardships that they're experiencing. And he's saying, look, I mean, these, these guys, uh, they experienced the fire. They were cut in half. They, 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 they had enemies that came against them, death persecution, hardships, living in caves, being naked, just hardship after hardship, yet they persevered. He's building this case. And then moving on to chapter 12, verses 1 through 4, it says, therefore we also, and he's, he's saying, considering these guys, therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, in other words, this great example that they have set is speaking to us, and so he says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. He compels them, let's run with endurance. Let's persevere. Let's continue. Yes, hardships are coming, but let's run this race with endurance. These men have set a great example. Let's follow their example and let's run this race with endurance. And then he turns to the great example here in verse 2, and he says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of God, at, at the right hand of the throne of God. For he considered him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin or striving to not miss the mark. In other words, let, let's, let's persevere. Let's go on to hit the mark. Let's persevere through these things. Let's, let's follow the example, first of all, of all these patriarchs, but, but most importantly, Let's look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who endured the suffering of the cross for the things that were set before him. Let's endure. Let's run this race with endurance because Jesus endured the cross for us, the ultimate example to us. And that's really uh, what it is. And I want to take a look, a look at a, a, a few of the Greek words here in this passage revolving around Jesus. First of all, it says that he is the author and the finisher of our faith. The author, that word there is archegos. And, and it, I, I think the best English word for, for archegos would be the vanguard. The vanguard in a military assault is, is that, that group of men that lead the charge. They, they set an example for the rest of, of the battalion. They lead the charge, they lead with courage, and they set an example for the rest of that army to follow. The, the word archegos is one that takes the lead in anything and thus affords an example. 
a predecessor in the matter, a pioneer. In other words, Jesus is an example to us. He is a predecessor or an example to us of enduring. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the, the ultimate example. He is the predecessor. He is the archegos. He is the vanguard. He is the one who has gone before and set the ultimate example. And then it says that he is not only the author, but the finisher of our faith. The word there is teleotes. It means the the completer or the the consummator or the finisher. Jesus is the finisher of our faith. He is the completer. He is the one who has consummated our faith. He has finished it. it, it this word teleotes, it, it, it's, it's uh, akin to the word uh, teteliste, which was actually the last words that Jesus, the, I should say the last word that Jesus uttered on the cross. In English, it is, it is finished. But in, 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 in the Greek, it is just teteliste. And it's not, it's finished, it's over, it's done, we're sunk. That's not the context of the word. This is actually a, a cry of victory. It is finished. Tetaliste. I have finished the work. And tetaliste literally means to finish or complete. All the work is completed. That's what Jesus is saying. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He has set the course and he has completed the work. He has gone and been the ultimate example, and he has finished everything that we need for our journey is taken care of, for our faith walk, for for our life here. It's all complete in Jesus Christ, and we need to finish, the. I I should say, we need to follow the example that he has set, church. We need to persevere. We need to continue to go forward. We can't, this is not a time, church, for us to back down. With the things that we're seeing in our society, with the things that we're seeing in our culture, it's not a time for us to lose uh, heart. It's not a time for us to, lose, uh, to, to, to grow faint and to lose our confidence or to back down from the things that God is calling us to do. Today is a day for us, church, to be bolder than we have ever been. It's time for us to rise up and to follow the example that Jesus set for us. And, and to complete the work that he has sent us to complete. Most Christians won't follow Jesus past the point of their convenience. We don't like to be convenient. I mean, we're in a microwave culture. We're, we're in an instant gratifi- gratification culture. We want to see the results now. Uh, we, we want things to, uh, to work out. We, we love things that are easy. Give me the easy button. Uh, computers that are supposed to make our lives easier. Uh, we can work at home. Everything is packaged to be easier in this life, in this culture. Less resistance. But we as Christians need to buck up. And we need to persevere. We need to overcome all of these things that are coming against us in this day. We need to rise up and we need to follow the example that Jesus Christ has set for us. We don't like to follow Jesus when it takes us to a point of inconvenience. But the reality is our miracle, our breakthrough, our reward, our joy, the things that God has called us to, they all take us beyond our comfort zone. If we're going to receive the things that God has said that we should receive and accomplish the things that he has said that we need to accomplish, we're going to have to persevere. We're going to have to press through. We're going to have to overcome some things. I want to point your your attention now to to the Apostle Paul. In Galatians chapter 4, 
He says this, he says, you know, and this is verse 13, he says, you know that because of physical infirmity, I preached the gospel to you at the first. And my trial, which was in my flesh, you did not despise or reject, but you received me as an angel or a messenger, even as Jesus Christ. Paul's saying, I I came in infirmities preaching. That, that, That was Paul's life. You know, I, I, read, I read a couple of uh, messages back, I don't know how long ago it was, probably about a month ago, uh, that passage in Corinthians where he says, you know, I was shipwrecked, I was beaten, uh, you know, I was sick. All these things that he endured, yet he persevered and continued to go. He went in sickness to preach the gospel. He's saying that right here in Galatians. In some translations, it literally says sickness. It's, it's, it's infirmity. I mean, it's probably, uh, he's in Galatia, and if you look at the place where he was stoned, it's in this region. It, he might have came with the infirmities of, of those bruises and, and those you know, black eyes and knots on his head. I don't know what it was, but there were some infirmities. Some believe that his eye might have even been knocked out of socket whenever he was stoned. But in that condition, he persevered and came and preached the gospel. Whether it's sickness or whether it's you know, those, those bruises and, and that battering that, that he bore in his body, whatever the case, he said, I came to you and I preached the gospel. The apostle Paul persevered to fulfill the mission that the Lord had given him. This man was snake bitten and he shook it off and kept going. We need a spirit of perseverance in the church. We need to rise up. I know I've, I probably have talked about this before. You, you may have heard, I know, I, I know for sure I spoke about it in, in Minnesota when I was there last month, but I, I wanna give you an example of, of, of what some of the churches some of the church leaders have done throughout history during a pandemic or a plague. The, the early church in, in the first uh, three centuries went through two major plagues and those plagues caused the church to grow. The gospel was pro- propagated even in the midst of that plague, even in the midst of the sickness that, that came up on the earth. The church was bold. While the pagans were backing down and forsaking the sick, the church stepped up and ministered to the sick and continued to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And because of their perseverance, it was the greatest seasons of growth in church history in those first three centuries. In the midst of plague, the plague of Galen or the Antonin plague was in 165 AD. This was likely the smallpox or measles And it was brought to the Roman Empire by soldiers who were returning from the Near East. And as I said, the pagans abandoned the sick, but the Christians went to the sick, risking their own lives, ministering to them and praying for them and preaching the gospel. Church, we've got to persevere. The plague of Cyprian was in 249. It's uncertain, but it's thought that this was also smallpox or influenza possibly or a virus. Both the threat of imminent death from the plague and unwavering conviction among many of the Christian clergy in the face of it won many converts to the faith. As I've said, these two plagues brought in these two seasons, we, we see in church history the greatest growth of the church in the first three centuries. It occurred during these three plagues. The great plague of London in, in 1665, uh, the Puritans ministered to the sick And because of that, they won many converts during that time. There was a revival that that broke out during the plague of London in in 1665. The the Korea outbreak of 1854 
In London, 2,000 people were dying every single day. Charles Spurgeon continued to minister the gospel. Charles Spurgeon, there's a great quote that came out of this, uh, this season of this Korea outbreak. He said this, he said, the environment of this plague has done nothing to destroy us. It has only done things to reveal us. And that's what I believe this plague is doing. What, whatever the, in, the, in the political climate even is doing for the church. It's, it's not doing anything to destroy us. It's revealing who we are. It's a season of examination. The Lord's revealing some things, and, and he's changing things in the body of Christ. Things that we have been doing for a long time that were ineffective, we're, we're putting aside. I'm, I'm hearing from pastors. I was with a lot of my pastor friends last week, and I'm hearing about how they're dismissing certain programs that just took time and finances, and they were unfruitful for the kingdom. And they begin to focus on ministry and things that are propagating the gospel, and they're seeing growth because of it. We church need to examine our lives. We need to examine what we're doing as a church body. And we need to ask the Holy Spirit to lead us in this season. Holy Spirit, what do we need to be active in doing? Lead us, guide us. We will persevere. We will overcome. We will not back down. We will not cower. We will not quit. We will not uh, give up and, and, and give in to this thing. We're going to persevere. We must persevere. When I was a young man in Bible college, I, I was a cowboy. I retired the year before I met Rachel. I got into a bad horse accident, and I decided to retire. But I, I worked for a man who was my pastor. He was my uncle. And it was not easy work. We would have, twice a year, we would have production sales where we would sell off our livestock. We would, we would auction, put up for auction about 100 horses. And we would spend about three weeks leading up to those sales, working 14-hour days, six days a week. In Texas, South Texas, usually, if it, if it happened to be in the spring or fall, it might be temperatures in the 90s, but usually it was in the summer and the temperatures were in the hundreds, 105 to 108 a lot of times. And we'd be out there for 14 hours a day, moving 80 pound horse panels to set up the pins that we needed for that cell, grooming the horses, 100 horses, bringing them through, getting the vet out there, trimming hoofs, getting the ferry out there, putting horseshoes shoes on those horses and, and doing that. And 14 hour days in that hot Texas sun, I learned a lot about my physical limits during that time. There were times when I hated it. There were times when I wanted to give up, but I would persevere. Why? Because I wanted a paycheck, really. I, I was putting myself through Bible college at that point. But I learned a lot about the thresholds of how far I could push myself. I didn't think I could work those 14-hour days. I didn't think I could put up with those temperatures. But I learned and I persevered and pressed through. And I learned a lot about endurance during that season. One of the great themes in the book of Hebrews is about endurance. He's, Hebrews, one writer said, he said, Hebrews' primary extrication is an appeal for endurance. Abraham endured, it tells us in Hebrews 6, verse 15. Moses endured, it tells us in Hebrews 11 and 27. Jesus endures. In the text that we read, it tells us that in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. The theme of Hebrews is endurance. And I believe that God wants to provoke something of endurance in each and every one of us. On that ranch, out in South Texas, I learned a lot about endurance. I learned a lot about perseverance. I learned a lot about doing things I didn't enjoy doing in, in conditions that, that, were, uh, that, that at, at times I thought were unsurvivable. 
but we pressed through, we endured, we got the work done. We learned a lot about endurance. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter five, verse eight, that Jesus learned obedience from the things that he suffered. I have a work ethic today that was produced on that ranch, on those hot South Texas days, on those 14 hour, uh, six day a week work weeks. It produced in me a perseverance. I'm not afraid of hard work. I'm not afraid to get dirty. I'm not afraid to go out in, in the heat. I'm not afraid. I've even, I had to endure in Minnesota. I had to shovel snow in, in sub-zero weather. You learn a lot about perseverance and endurance in those types of situations and circumstances. We learn. We, we are strengthened as we put ourselves in those situations, as we persevere through those types of things, as we overcome circumstances and situations, we grow in our walk with the Lord. It's vital. It's important. Jesus learned obedience from the things that he suffered. We are, as athletes, our bodies grow through persevering, through pressing through those exercises. Literally, they rip our, our muscles down and break them down. But when they grow back, they come back stronger. So it is spiritually that when we go through things, when we go through hardships, when we go through tests, when we go through trials, when we go through seasons like this, we can come out on the other side stronger and wiser, closer, stronger in our walk with the Lord, closer to him if we'll persevere. Your, your, your capacity for growth is directly proportionate to your ability to endure pain. Every athlete knows this. They put themselves through the rigors. They test themselves. They push themselves day in and day out so that when they get in that arena, they can perform at their peak ability. And so it is spiritually. Our ability to grow is determined by our ability to endure pain. I believe that one of the greatest Christian attributes that can be displayed in our life is a high pain threshold and an ability to take on hardships, to hit them head on as Jesus did, as he set the example, as we lean into him. And listen, this takes grace. I'm not talking about gritting teeth here. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about leaning into the Lord and him allowing us to go forward by his grace, by the power of his spirit and doing a work on the inside of this that builds us and fortifies us. I believe that greatness isn't necessarily born from our successes. Greatness is born from persevering through pain, the pain of failure, the pain of loss, the pain of rejection. When we persevere through these negative experiences that we all have in life, we grow. Our, our faith is perfected. The trying of our faith, James tells us, is the perfecting of our faith. God fortifies and strengthens our faith. He lets us go through fiery trials so that his, his personality, his nature, his spirit can literally come to the surface in us. We have to come to a place in this, this journey where it's absolute and utter dependence upon Jesus. And so he allows us, I believe, to be tested. He allows us to go through these trials. Tests and trials, they'll either make you bitter or they'll make you better. 
The determination is, the outcome of that, I should say, is, is, is are you going to lean into Jesus? Are you going to trust him? Are you going to allow him to lead you and continue to follow the example that he has set? Or are you going to shrink back? If we follow Jesus, if we persevere, if we overcome in these situations, we'll grow in our walk. But if we take a step back, if we drift, if we give up on the things that God's trying to do in our lives, we won't reach the potential our capacity, and, and again, the great potential is that Jesus would be made manifest in our lives. Our strength is made manifest through the things that we suffer. Just like an athlete, as we suffer, we grow. The Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 18, he says, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. There's a greater glory. We're going through trials. We're going through situations. Everything that we believe and everything that we have lived for is being shaken and tested. But there's a great glory that's yet to be revealed. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 8, and 11, he says, We're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. You see, there, there, there's no promise in this Christian life that the journey is going to be easy. We will experience, Jesus told us that, we will experience persecution. He said, they hated me, they will hate you for my name's sake. Life, the Bible tells us life is short and full of trouble. We're going to go through it. But we're always, as Paul says, bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. If we're sick today, Jesus wants to manifest his life in you. If you're fearful today, Jesus wants to manifest his life in you. If you're weak today, Jesus wants to manifest his life through you. I was speaking actually yesterday, I, I spoke to him this morning, but uh, yesterday I was on the phone with, with Howard Moore and I spoke to him this morning, he's, he's doing well, he did test positive and he was uh, hospitalized, uh, I believe yesterday, yesterday morning I believe, uh, he was hospitalized with pneumonia. He's doing well today, the pneumonia and the temperature, I talked to him this morning and they're both under control is exhibiting other symptoms, headaches and things. And so do, do pray for Brother Howard. But spoke to him yesterday, and he was telling me about a situation. And I was encouraged by what Howard said. I said, you know what, Howard, you're going to make it. You're going to make it through this. The Lord is with you. I was trying to encourage him. And you know what he said to me? He said, yeah, I, I believe I am. But the greater question is, can I rejoice in this? Can I rejoice in this? In sickness, in infirmities, in the hospital, and Howard saying, can I rejoice in this? Can I glorify the Lord in this? Yeah, I might have sickness in my body, but I am going to choose to rejoice. Christian, today, whatever you're going through, you might have gotten a pet one, be, be watching and be one of the ones that have gotten that positive uh, test result this week. Or maybe, maybe you're going through some hardship financially or whatever it might be. Can, can you rejoice in that? I want to wrap up with the words of James. 
James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles, this is New Living Translation, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. I just want to pause and think about that. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, Consider it an opportunity for great joy. Sickness, this is an opportunity to rejoice. Financial hardship, this is an opportunity for us to rejoice. People who have shown prejudice towards us, it's an opportunity to rejoice. People who have persecuted us, this is an opportunity for us to rejoice. People who have gotten on our last nerves with their political views, this is an opportunity for us to rejoice. Putting your, putting your kids through school these days with all the mask mandates and all the restrictions and all the testing and all the things that are going on and distance learning, this is an opportunity to rejoice. For you know, Paul says, or James says, I should say, that, that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. The Lord is wanting to do a work in us. What's going on in this situation? The Lord is procuring victory. In the midst of a coronavirus and pandemic, the Lord is procuring victory. In the midst of a race war, the Lord is procuring victory. In the midst of political scandal, upheaval, turmoil, the Lord is securing victory. Listen, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Amen? To the increase of his government, there shall be no end. Jesus is establishing his kingdom on planet earth. He's doing it. We, we're, we're called to be a part of that. Let's persevere. Let's go forward. Let's keep doing what God has called us to do. Let's not back down. Let's not let up. Let's not shrink back. Church, it's time to persevere. It's time for us to overcome. It's time for us to go forward into the purposes of God. And in this season, what's going on, the testing and the struggles and all the conflicts, what it's doing is it's building endurance in us, and we are being perfected. The nature of Jesus Christ through these trials is being developed in us. Amen. Church, I wanna, I wanna pray. I wanna pray for you. Let's, let's pray and keep those who are, are sick this week in your prayers. Amen. I'm believing the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Amen. I believe that. For every one of you that have been tested positive for this virus, I believe the Lord is gonna uphold you. I believe that he's going to sustain you. I believe that he is with you and he's not gonna forsake you. Let's pray. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that it would encourage every one of us. I pray that your word would provoke us. I pray that your word would challenge us. Father, we will not shrink back. We will not sit down. We will not bow out. We will not drift away, Father. We will not allow these things that we're going through, whatever they might be, to, to affect us, Father. We are going forward. We, we declare right now in the name of Jesus, by your spirit, by your grace, we will grow. Lord, I pray that you would work your nature in us, Father. Mature us. 
Develop us, raise us up, Lord God. May we put away complaining. May we put away striving. May we put away gossip. May we put away doubt. May your nature, may your personality be made manifest in each and every one of us, Lord God. May we grow. May we rise. Lord, help us. Develop us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to have a high pain threshold, to endure the hardships, to go forward, uh, Lord, in the face of persecution, in the face of, place, face of sickness, uh, in, op- in the face of opposition, in the, the face of financial lack, Lord, that we would not consider any of these things, Lord God. If you are for us, who can be against us? What shall we say to any of these things, Lord? Our confidence is in you. Our hope is in you, Lord God. We walk by faith and not by sight. We're not walking by our feelings, our senses, what, how we're feeling about situations. We're not walking according to our own mind. We're not walking according to our flesh. Help us to walk according to your spirit. Give us spiritual eyes, Lord, to see the realities, Lord God, of what is actually going on around us. May we be sensitive to the leading of your spirit. May we all, every one of us, fulfill the great purpose that you have for us. May we stand as the Apostle Paul in infirmities and hardships and continue, Lord, to persevere and to advance the gospel of your kingdom, the good news of what you have done for us. You have died, you were buried, and you've been resurrected. And because of that, we can overcome any of these circumstances, Father, and we thank you for it. Lord, we just pray for the sick. Lord, we declare your word. By your stripes, we were healed. Lord, we declare they are healed in the name of Jesus. Your word says that healing is the children's bread. It is our portion. Lord, and we receive it. Lord, we receive strength. We receive healing in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, and we give you praise. In Jesus' name. Turn church, God bless each and every one of you. We love you. Hey, the church, uh, we, we are practicing some uh, extra precaution this week, but we are available. We are here to minister to, to you. If you have any need, contact us, get with us. We're here, and we, we, we're, we're here for you, and we want to walk with you, and, and we're, we're going forward. Amen? We love each and every one of you. There will be an announcement probably midweek about what's going to happen next weekend. Uh, But hey, let's keep going forward. Let's keep doing what God is calling us to do. Amen. God bless each and every one of you.